Hello and welcome back to The Big Listen, the podcast from Time Out Dubai where we get under the skin of some of the most important topics in the city. So today we are going to be going over the growth of professional football in the UAE and also grassroots football in the UAE. So we've seen a lot of sort of important moments in football in the country over the last sort of 12 months or so. And today we want to talk about it from a professional standpoint, from a grassroots standpoint, and how amateur footballers can also get involved. Um, today we have got Chris Brown with us from It's Just Football, who uh, are a coaching academy and you bring various qualifications to the UAE, right Chris? We do, yeah. I mean, we, we work in different areas of football. Um, so we have a, a private football academy for uh, young players. We have a youth league that um, grassroots and academy teams play in. Mm-hmm. We run the English FA coach education courses. Uh, we work with Dubai College on a daily basis as their school football partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, we run various camps during the um, the holiday periods, whether that be um, fun base camps or, or um high performance camps with professional clubs um we also work with professional teams so we training camps so just recently Jian Suning from China super uh, super league team over yeah. for 13 days um Derby County's last year um and okay. we we work with professional players when they're in Dubai um for either pre-pre-season in June period um, May period, or if they're on rehabilitation uh, breaks. Okay, uh, we'll touch more upon that later on in the episode. Yep. Firstly, who's your team? My team is Crew Alexandra. Crew Alexandra. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All that's, right. That's, that is always a sentence stopper. That is as soon as anyone asks me. <laughs> if they're not English, they have not got a clue. Um, <laughs> we've also yeah. got uh, Dean Wilkins with us, who's the editor of Time at DXB, Footy yes. Not, and United supporter. Yes. Manchester United. Manchester United, please clarify, not Newcastle United, which is Tim's team. <laughs> which was With the that o- accent, I'm surprised you didn't the, guess already. The original United. Really? Yeah. Obviously, I chose to support Newcastle United, so that probably says I don't really deserve to have a place at this table. So, uh, <laughs> Maybe his accent more than anything else. Says that. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, United on weekends, Oldham during the week, or if I'm in decent. somewhere particularly rough part of... The northwest of England, yeah, and I don't want to admit to being a United fan. It's Oldham because then, <laughs> likewise, nobody knows anything about Oldham except now with Paul Scholes. Yeah, in there, yeah, at the helm. Yeah, yeah. But why don't we talk? Why don't we start off by talking about um, some of the success that the UAE national team has had over the the, the last a well, couple of it. months, sort of particularly. Yes. Um, what with hosting the AFC Asian Cup in January and February, um, and and the success that the team had there, which was the second successive occasion where it reached the semi-finals of the cup. Um, yes. which is quite a big deal for the country. Absolutely. Um, how would we talk about sort of the success of the UAE national team in the immediate term and also what long-term effects that could have for grassroots football in the country? Why don't we start off just by talking a little bit about how the national team's done recently. Semi-finals, two tournaments on the trot. It's yeah. pretty good. Scoring places. One, Two more steps, actually. First step to get to the finals, second step to then actually win it. So great! Yeah. Uh, it's a great start for the region as well, and uh, it was pretty exciting. Chris, you said that you went to the semi-final. Yeah, I went to the semi-final. It was a complete sellout, so it was great to see yeah. so many, so many fans there. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to two other games. I went to Australia, Uzbekistan, in one of the playoffs, which is probably on par with one of the most boring games I've ever seen, which is a, <laughs> a, a nil-nil draw that went to penalties. And I, went, I went to the 2006 World Cup and that was Ukraine-Switzerland and that probably matched that. But right. um, yeah, I've got a, a bit of an allegiance with the Australians because uh, when I managed the Jebel Ali Centre of Excellence, um, we had, obviously it was a warm-over, it was a warm-over training base, so um, we had the, the Australian national team train with us for, um, on numerous occasions. So still That's keep, keep cool. in touch yeah, with the, a lot of the staff who are, are still there and mm. Graham Arnold, the manager, who was then the assistant manager. So... 
Yeah, um, yeah they, they uh, unfortunately didn't excite, but they... Uh, but they yeah. yeah, eventually that, losing to the UAE, didn't they? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. One nil, yeah. was it? Yeah, and yeah. that was the UAE's fun fact, the UAE's first ever goal against Australia. Couldn't have come at a better time, really, could mm. it? You know, yeah. like if yeah. you want to score your first ever goal, you, you scored to knock them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no. you're right. And that was, yeah, you, so you mentioned about making the finals and stuff. They did that back in the 90s as well. They made the final of the tournament and came runners-up. So, yeah, the next step is to take the cup home next time, I guess. Yeah, or keep it here. But, or yeah. keep it here. Yeah, yeah. Post it again, yeah. win it. It's not moving. It's going to just sort of <laughs> go on tour around the Seven Emirates, you know, and we'll do street parades. Yeah. Like when United win trophies. <laughs> yeah, yep, that's Manchester. That <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't know what that feels like, <laughs> I'm afraid. Um, so, yeah, so are we seeing a national team that's on the rise here then? Two successive semi-final appearances. You know, they came really close to qualifying for the uh, the last World Cup as well, the, the 2018 World Cup. Yeah, got Cup. to the third round, didn't yeah. they? Um, I mean, I think they did very well considering the the injuries there to, you know, the big-name players. To Abdul Rahman um, was a big loss for them. Yeah. Um, so if you take that into consideration as well, then, then they probably outperformed, I know, early on in the tournament. Um, speaking to the, you know, to the Australians and to some of some of the, the staff on the UAE, they weren't expecting great things, if if I'm honest with you. But they um they they probably outperformed what they were, um you know due to due to do. So it's it's great for the country, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you mentioned um, Abdul Rahman from Alain, right? And they should have been expecting him to be honest, because I went to the Club World Cup, the FIFA Club World Cup, again in uh, Abu Dhabi. And he was their star player. I mean, they, they ended up losing to Real Madrid in the final, but... There's no shame in losing to Real Madrid. Well, there yeah, isn't really. Bad, you is know, yeah. Everyone loses to Real Madrid in the yeah. past three years. Yeah, um, yeah. but he was a star player as well. And, and the Alley team, they, they, they did really well. Um, and it's a sign, you know, if they... There was a couple of chances in that game where if they would have scored first, they had the, they had the chance to score first, LA. And then if they would have done it, it would have been interesting to see what Real Madrid did, to be honest. But they ended up losing. I can't remember, maybe the, score, the final score was a bit... Unfair to them, I think it was four one in the end. Right. Um that wasn't a, a, that didn't really reflect the team's quality that they had at the yeah. start. And uh and I I saw that game and then the, how they took it into the uh the international tournament as well. And it looked like they, they have a good basis, the UAE, you know, to yeah. take players forward and, 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 and move ahead with that. Yeah, well I think, you know, going forward, um Things are being put in place now as well to to restructure the football um, from a technical standpoint in the country. Um, so some interesting information, and and I think that the the work that is going on, um, you know, is only going to see the, the the youth teams and then the, the senior team flourish. So so it sounds like the UAE FA yep. is is taking it sort of really seriously in terms of bringing bringing in expertise from around the world to try and boost the profile of the game. I mean, it's 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 had international coaches before from different you know football rich historically sort of football rich his, uh, countries um it sounds to you as though then they're, they're they're really reaching for sort of the best people that they can get in these various positions yeah i mean the arguably the technical director is the most important role for a, a country like the uae because they need to get the, the coach education the scouting system the development teams right they don't have the system at the minute um i think they're, they're happily agreed to that which is why they're employing a new technical director to work with the the, the staff that they already have but um Certainly, if 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 they're employing that expertise, um, they're not just papering over cracks, which sometimes can be done when you're hiring, um, you know, senior national team managers mm. with great reputations who come with massive price tags as well. Let's be yeah, honest. Of course, yeah. Um, and, 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 and that's not that's not unique to, you know, like the UAE. Yeah. Like no. Every country around the world has employed a national manager at some point, which yeah. is yeah. Cost far too much money for it's what the emerging market, right? really, isn't it? You know, yeah. you see the money that's being spent in China as well, and you and you look at whether it could be. 
perhaps better invested in grassroots football. You know, it, it took yeah. it took the English FA a long time to be able to see that, and yeah. and now we're seeing the sort of growth and development that is hopefully stimulated. I mean, you know, with arguably this, within like the last five years. Yeah, well, it's definitely. You know, yeah. To realize yeah. That. within the last three years, you yeah. know, like yeah. winning the uh, under 17s and the under 20s, you know, uh, World Cup tournaments um, and players and like the and stuff. Yeah, you know. Yep. I was I was just back. Um, I was at the St George's Park for last week. I was there for six six nights. So this um, is the this, the centre of football in England. Yes, for, yeah. For anybody who isn't aware, yeah, in a lowly place called Burton. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, not too much around it. But it's a fantastic, um, you know, fantastic facility. Um, and it, you know, it, it was a long time in coming because it was. Um, I think around the 2008, there was talk of shelving it, but they went and spent a lot more money um, to make it what it is today. And it, yeah. it really is impressive. Um, so I had a series of meetings there. It was very nice of the, the English FA to allow me to to sit in on their under 16, they call them the development teams. Yeah. So an under 16 age group, they played against Brazil, France and Norway. Right. So they allowed me to sit in on the team meetings um, for the pl- both players and staff, te- the technical um, meetings as well. Yeah. And obviously watch the games. And um, you can see... Why they are doing so well at the moment? The um, the, the both technically, physically, the players are outstanding. Right. Um, Even at, at a young age. At th- that young age, but I mean, probably more impressive for me was the tactical information that they that they're given at that right. young age. Um, now there's arguments for and against it at home. I know the clubs are are um, because obviously these players are coming from the clubs, and yeah. and that in turn is is through the E Triple P system that I think a lot of these players have obviously benefited from, mm-hmm. um, but. I was impressed with the the information they gave them and the information they seemed to take on on board and, and the questions they were asking, the answers they were giving were hugely right. impressive. Um, so it's developing like a footballing intelligence from a young age. It's not just the ability to cross a ball or or pick a pass or whatever. It's yep. actually assimilating all of the tactical information that are being given from a young age. Yep. Yeah, and, and it's, I mean, it's that, that. I know they, they call it the English DNA. So they wanted to form a, have a, a DNA because, you know, going and coaching courses in, in years gone by where yeah. they'd talk about the Italians, they'd talk about the Spanish, the Germans. Yeah. They'd talk about everyone else apart from the English. Mm. And and, and really that's where it came from is what, what was the English DNA. Now, um, there's, I suppose there's, there's, there's look, look, with anything, there's positives and negatives around that because you, you don't want to be too rigid in, in how you think, but it's, it's quite a, a flexible system, I would say as well. Um, but it's, it, it's really bringing out the key components of, of what it is to be obviously, uh, uh um, an English nationality, the traits that we're, we're used to. Um, yeah. um, whereas obviously in different parts of the world, governed by different things like your environment, et cetera, yeah. then there'll be different ways to, to play. But yeah. um, it was it was extremely impressive. And they went and won that tournament as well. Um, so they you know they beat France 4-0, drew with Brazil and beat Norway. Yeah. Um, so they, they're in good shape, to be fair. Yeah. So, so can we... Um Bring that on to sort of the youth level in the UAE then and, and yep. what we're seeing in terms of young players either just in the UAE or from the UAE who are developing their skills in this country. You know, how's the how's the UAE FA working on developing that sort of similar proposition as best as best we can in the region? Well, at the, at the moment, um, in all fairness, that there's the UAE look after the the Emirati players, obviously their own national players. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are seeing the last two years there's been some good work going on um, to integrate the, the expatriate um, yeah. side into things. I think that going forward, that's that's the way to do it. When you look at the population split. Um, you know, in in other countries, in, in England, probably as a, you know, sorry, just using that as a prime example, um, a lot of uh, obviously families coming over from different countries. There's a um, a lot of African um, players who are now playing for you know 
maybe born in Africa or came over at a young age mm-hmm. and now playing for the England national team. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel that going forward, in my view, and then that links into where you go with um, attendances at games, um, you need to integrate the community, and the community is 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 it's not arguably it's 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 more expatriate. Mm-hmm. So we need to get we need to get that that uh, system where the, we're working together um, for the good of the nation, which is the UAE and the national team, and yeah. protecting protecting obviously the the identity again the DNA of the, the Emiratis and, and the UAE national team. Yeah, I mean it's, it sounds like it's going to be sort of quite a multifaceted conversation where there's going to be a whole bunch of different influences that that affects. The, the success of the UAE team now and in the future. Um, just coming up, just talking a little bit more about grassroots, how have you seen that sort of grow over the last few years? How has it expanded out? How have, how has amateur or youth level football in the UAE evolved recently? It, I mean, I came out in 2004. Um, so I came out, I was a young professional who was forced to finish through injury. Right. Um, so the next best thing was to, to coach. And um, yeah. uh, after a new mis- have a, uh, jobs, uh, um, but but coaching obviously was the, was the second passion really. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I saw from coming out then there was probably two, maybe two, what you'd call now private academies, but basically um, soccer schools. That's what we are with mm-hmm. soccer schools. We're you know we're fee paying the uh, parents pay money to come to us. When you talk of grassroots, usually grassroots football is you know um, a, a system where obviously parents are running teams that that would then feed into um, like private academies yeah. as such. Um, so at that point there was e- esports um, who are now ESM. Um, and there was IFA, there are many United Soccer Schools, uh, I think maybe in about 2005 they came along. Mm. Um, and then we, I, I went across it 2006 to set up Jebel Ali Centre of Excellence and the, okay. the Umbro Academy from there. So, and to this stage, bearing in mind what, what I've just said there now, this was, this, I'm talking to solely in Dubai, but we, when I worked for esports at 2004, we went into Sharjah, we went into Abu Dhabi, but, um, there are now, uh, I've been told from a, some research that was done about nine months ago, there's 118 setups across the country. Wow. Um, which That's is, a rumor. Yeah. Just like everything in Dubai, it's a pretty remarkable rate of growth. It is. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. it's huge. And with that, obviously, comes talent in terms of not only players, but also co- the coaches. Yeah. Um, so you're getting some some well-qualified coaches from from different nations, from, from different backgrounds. It, it, like the UAE is, it's a melting pot. Um, mm. so it's a melting pot of football as well. Um, so you you really want to take the, I suppose, be, best practice from each from each country. Yeah, mm. you are the global football director. Yeah, global yeah. sounds very grand, doesn't yes, it? Yes, well, it sounds very yeah, grand. Saying, like you are the man. Yeah. You are the international man. Um, <laughs> Mystery. No, uh, <laughs> the, um, I mean the global bit comes from basically um, my company is just football, which was formed in 2013, which merged from Jebel Ali Centre of Excellence, which we still use. Mm-hmm. Um, from the Umbro Academy. Um, I, I was bought out two years ago by a company called Koo Sports from India. Um, mm-hmm. they, they wanted me to grow the business alongside some other sports. Um, but um, So that's where the global part comes from and, and working yeah. over in India and, mm-hmm. and across Europe and we've now some of the, the teams from across Asia and mm-hmm. um, you know beyond. Honestly. Mm-hmm. So you're going out across the world harnessing the best ideas from... The best football associations. If you you know if you if you're lucky enough to go down to Burton and join the English guys, you must be bringing back the skills that they're doing and and having an insight into the, what they want and what they want for their young players. And then, you know, having that influential 
Yeah, fishing. yes, certainly. I mean, the the stuff that I was able to take on board, obviously you have to water it down because, it, you, know, you know, talking the elite of the elite um, players mm. are, are at their clubs at, at your Man City's, Tottenham's, mm. at the top clubs in, in the Premier League. Yeah. So, um, but there's there's parts that we can take now. What was very impressive again was that they had 14 staff for that just one age group. Um, wow. So, you know, from the technical expertise you're looking at, and that's across, diff- you know, they, these, these experts have been, Brought in from different sports as well, so yeah. again, it's it's good practice. So, um, y- hopefully, we can do that in the UAE where we're taking, um, you know, parts of what we do very well out here. Um, and there's a lot, like for instance, a lot of cycling that goes on. Um, so, can we, you know, can we take little bits and pieces which you can improve the physicality of the, of, of players and mm-hmm. um, of the analysis and um, and everything that goes into obviously improving improving the game. Mm. So, uh, I mean, one of the, you, you mentioned a couple of pro teams that have come out there. You had Jian Suning coming over recently, uh, which is one of the teams in the Chinese Super League. Um, you know, what's the, along with those guys, what's the profile of the sort of people that you work with? Uh, uh, it's just football and, and, and you know, who, yeah, who comes no, over for yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. You, you, you have to- I believe you're the, the likes of uh, Teddy Sheringham coming over yes, with the kids. Yes, yeah, Teddy's, Teddy's That's a good. That's an amazing opportunity. Yeah, it's even me yeah. as a United fan, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll shave my beard off for the people who aren't watching this and just listen to it. I'm sporting a very grizzly beard at the moment. I'll shave it off and get into those uh, under 16 teams and meet old, meet old Teddy. I'll tell you what, <laughs> some of the sides of the lads that I see at under 16 <laughs> level, you wouldn't look out of place at all. The, um, I mean, no, Teddy, Teddy's a good friend. So Teddy's been great for us. Um, he's come out and he's you know he's, he's come and done some sessions for us. Robbie Keane's been over as well. Um, so he's, he came and he, he just bought his son I mean I know it'll be from his time in India mm. um, which is where I made an introduction for Teddy to get the job as um, as manager as coach of ATK in Kolkata out there so mm. and then Robbie went and played for him um, so so Robbie and he came out bought his son to the session and just then couldn't help himself but yet get, get involved and offer some advice to the kids from a coaching nice. perspective um, so I mean you wouldn't the, believe your luck would you if you're yeah. training and then Ireland's all time record goal scorer just came over yeah. and was like eh, here's a few tips you know we've been lucky enough to work with and well the players and, and the coaches have been lucky enough to work with some 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 basic superstars really mm. um, and pass their advice on it and, and that's the great thing about being out here as well you're never you're never struggling to get Top professional sports people yeah. over to Dubai. It's never a hard sell. Um, so you kind of lap it up while they're here. Um, we've worked with some alongside that. I mean, going back years to probably 2004, 2005, Bayern Munich were one of the first teams that used to go and watch train when they were here. Used to stay at Emirates Towers, train at Al Wassel. Yeah. Um, and then going and and then going on from there, we've up, up at Jebel Ali with national teams, Ghana, Australia, and then we've had obviously the Premier League teams, yeah. Man United up at Nadashiba Sports Complex, yeah. um, AC Milan, Real Madrid, they've all been up there. So, yeah. um, in terms of what we get involved in the, the training camps, um, so hosting a lot of the teams up at Jebel Ali, but now in it's just football's format. We, we will put together everything from their training camps if they want to come over here. Um, uh, we will this organise the accommodation, the training facilities, the right. um, the laundry, the transport, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then f- 2020, we're we're looking to hold a, an international tournament. Um, that's that's for senior club tides and then there's also going to be a, a development side to that so right. um, so we've done some work with, again with the English FA um, so where they're looking ahead obviously to World Cups in the future um, mm-hmm. and and playing against different teams in different environments yeah. um, so using Dubai as a base for that yeah learning the 
sort of geographies and the and the sort of conditions that you're going to be playing in and yep. things like that, yeah, for future. Um, actually, you touched upon the whole idea of warm weather camps and it's no secret that Dubai is home to a lot of these. Well, it's a destination that so many clubs come to, like really regularly, like mm. you said, Man United and yeah, Liverpool and January. Yeah, yeah, Celtic and yeah, Leicester Celtic, City and yeah. all of these teams, they always come out here. So it seems like, you know, I suppose because it's got the facilities, but also just because it's got Dubai, <laughs> it's got everything yeah. else about about yeah. the place that people come to, right? Yeah, it is. I mean, if you look at it, there's there's different windows that open up. So your your January February time is when you're going to get your Russians, um, your Ukrainian teams, mm-hmm. um, Uzbekistani teams. Yeah, um, who will come out. Um, teams from Belarus. You know, the teams who obviously are playing in either the Champions League or Europa Cup. Who've got money to to come over. Yeah, it's too cold in their country. China, obviously. Yeah. Um, so. They, they want to be here. The facilities are excellent. The weather's very good. Um, to rival that would be Turkey and Spain. But I think Dubai, um, you know, is is now regarded as probably the premium warm weather training um, in in the in the world at that period of time. Yeah. English clubs will come when they're knocked out of the FA Cup, um, and they're uh, and they're, they have made possibly an international break depending on how many international players they'll lose. Mm. Um, but for them, it's more of a bit of a jolly bit of a um, yeah. get the lads out with some warm, you know, some few nights out and stuff like that and yeah. a bit of team bonding um, but for the other teams it's serious stuff it's it's pre-season so yeah. and, and like I said we, we, we've pro- professional players now we've seen a lot of that the last couple of years we've worked with players who they're in such unbelievable condition obviously they're, they're athletes not mm. when I when I played and um, but they, they they look after them so well so even when they're on holiday in, in a June May June time they're still wanting to come and do work it's because yeah. they need to be they need to be better and they need to go back into pre-season sharper and it's yeah. it's so competitive so yeah. what's the sort of profile of the individual players that have been coming over for yeah, I mean, you, uh, you've just seen Dili Ali at, at Nada Sheba. Um, so he's been, that was obviously from a rehab point of view. Yeah. Um, Ross Barkley was um, was over in pre-season before. Right. Um, and then we've worked also with Liam Moore, who's at Redden's centre-back. Um, and then um, Mendes Lang, who's a, a centre-forward, well, wide player, sorry, at, at Cardiff. Um, yeah. A lad called Connor Thomas, who was at Swindon um, and went out to India. And um, uh, now he's at a lower league, Cheltenham Town. Yeah. Um, so there's there's various players coming out and, and more and more they're doing individual work or what we will do with them, we'll work with a sports scientist. Um, we had a player called Josue Pesquera and I, I can't believe I've actually missed him out, but Patrice Evra. Um, we <laughs> worked, <laughs> yeah, Patrice Evra. Patrice Evra, yeah. Right. So we, we worked with Patrice um, up at Nadashiba um, with a, a Mike Lawson, a sports scientist who um, obviously tracked all the work that he was doing um, before he went to West Ham. So he was then able to give that club that information so how hard he's been working, what he's yeah. been doing, what, what current state he's in which then earns himself a contract yeah. um, so going back to Josue Pesquera who's a Portuguese international who was um, who had gone from Porto to over to Turkey was at Galatasaray um, Josue had had a fallout with his club yeah. Got um, basically had a, a kind of standoff with him. Had gone to FIFA um, to have his his contract cancelled and, and to get remunerated for that. So in that period, he he'd seen the work that were done with Patrice Evra and he'd asked his agent, could he could he come out and work with us? So he worked with us five days a week um, for seven weeks. Um, wow. And then he he then went back in and got a club. Um, you know, for his contract was obviously a lot of money. He went back into Turkey. So. Right. We we can offer everything you really want. So whether it would be, um, we then had a uh, actually he's a Saudi prince, but he plays um, football over in the states on a scholarship, and he right. he came in um, 
he had we had sort of testing done at, 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 at clinics on the palm where you could get every type of testing that fed yeah. into his nutritional plan which we had cooked by a chef at one of the top hotels out here which was yeah. then delivered to his place on the palm oh, wow. we would he'd then come in and do work with us strength and conditioning work mm. and everything would be monitored and fed back and his program would be detailed to how he was getting on so right. So he, he, again, obviously money wasn't an object, yeah. um, but he was giving himself every opportunity to be able to go back to the States and, and play as high as he could. Yeah. Mm. Wow. And aside from the sort of uh, soccer schools and uh, working with uh, the game's elite players, you also run, you are the only centre in the Middle East to run English FA accredited courses. Is it accredited that's, courses yeah. or standards? Yeah, no, uh, that's, that's right. Yes, it's accredited courses by the English Football Association. So they're in international format. So in England, you have um, level one, level two, level three is your UA for A license, and level four is your, sorry, your level three is your UA for B license, level four is your A for A license. So we offer the the um, foundation and intermediate, which are equivalent to level one, level two. So mm-hmm. it's a it's a Certificate accredited by the English FA, so to become a qualified course uh, coach, sorry. So that's that dates back to 2006. Um, they're very popular, and you know it, that's that's for we've seen a very different nationalities come on these courses. Uh, traditionally, it was British coaches coming on. There, you don't get too many British coaches coming on now. You might have yeah. two or three. Um, a lot of coaches coming from India, um, from from Africa, mm-hmm. um, because because of the FA brand, mm-hmm. it's you know yeah. it's very, obviously very well recognised. And last week when I was back at St George's, the meetings that took place because prior to that I was just over in Kuwait, Oman, and Bahrain mm-hmm. to to expand that into the region. So we're just looking, um, well, just waiting to find out what the um, the decision was on the international strategy for the English FA, um, and that's working with um, when I was at the Bahraini FA and you know. You know, spend a fair amount of time speaking to the guys at the UAEFA as well. So that's not working against these federations. That's working with them because yeah. a lot of these coaches as well will go back into to Europe um, where the, the FA qualifications are recognised, um, whereas probably the AFC qualifications are not quite as recognised as they would be mm-hmm. in, in your, as the FAs is in Europe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are there um, any specific skills that any budding coaches need to uh, have in order to get onto one of your courses? Or is it just a bit of enthusiasm and... Yeah, just just lots of enthusiasm. The first one, the foundation course, um, is is if you've got a, a love for the game and you want to have some understanding about how young players learn and and how to set up sessions, then that's really ultimately what you need now. If you want to yeah. um, kick on there and and actually um, go and coach, and whether that be coming at a part time level, then with a view to coming on a full time, is then when you look for the next level, the intermediate level too. Um, where you're working on a technique um, into an, an opposed practice um, and then a small-sided game really is, is how that, the content of that looks like mm. um, with some with some stuff around the principles of the game mm. um, uh, and, you know, uh, the some guidelines around obviously being a good coach and mentor and, and what have you. Sure, sure. Mm. Any budding Pep Guardiola's out there listening? <laughs> you know where to go. <laughs> <laughs> Join Chris and his team. Um, so over the last... Let's say five or six years, we've seen a number of international players coming into the league from Brazilian and European perspectives. How has that sort of helped to boost the profile of the of the UAE Professional League? I mean, it definitely helps. Um, there's no question of that. Now, whether it helps enough is, is another question. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, there's been some fantastic players who, who've come over, um, you know, and, and, and applied their trade um, mm-hmm. 
Cannavaro World Cup winner. You know, he's he's mm-hmm. arguably the biggest name. Asimov Gyan uh, mm-hmm. of um, of Alain. Yeah. Um, you know, was very successful out here, and, and arguably again is probably the stage of his career when he left Sunderland was to to come here was a, a massive move for yeah. him. Um, but f- for me, what what needs to be done, I think possibly what, what what is being done gradually and slowly is is that there needs to be more people watching games mm. and and you know I would go and watch Cannavaro play but I'd only watch him once just to say yeah. that I'd go and so you've seen, so you seen him yeah yeah, yeah but now what going to watch him on a weekly basis I'm you know he's not at the height of his career he's finished his career but I would go and watch a young player who'd come through the system mm. um and you know uh, obviously being English if it was an English player then I'd watch him on a weekly basis if it was an, mm. an Egyptian a Lebanese you know the communities is what you need you need buying from the communities yeah. you, you need um you know young players coming through the system and not buying these players obviously uh, maybe at the tail end of their career spending mm. a lot of money on them um, where you can buy three of them um, yeah. because you, you're not going to get that. I mean, the average attendance, I think, was about 2,500 in the, in the pro league. Right. Um, and that, that's that's not sustainable. There's no, that model doesn't work. Mm. Um, so you, you need to get people watching games. And the answer for me um, is simply have the young players come through the system playing the first teams yeah. because you will get imagine, imagine an Egyptian young Egyptian mm. player a young Lebanese player mm. the amount of Egyptian uh, Lebanese who love their football yeah. Yeah. Um, that you would get thousands at yeah. games well you um, see the yeah, success yeah. of like Mo Salah as well you know he's the real poster boy of football in in, in this region in the region yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and he celebrated even when I went down to the Alain Real Madrid game in the uh, FIFA Club World Cup, I think half the players were there just to boo Sergio Ramos for injuring <laughs> yeah. Mo Salah in last year's Champions League. Maybe there were old, like River Plate uh, fans that are still there from the third place playoff, but most Maybe. of the crowd were just they get really passionate about it, you know. Yeah, but th- I mean that said, I mean and and yeah, of course everybody's all in favour of seeing young talent move through, but there's there's there is the the sort of the billboard element, you know, the commercial element, which says, "Oh, we've had you know Johan Kabay play here, or and mm. you know Alvaro Negredo, or whoever it is." You know, there is an element of that that does attract people to the game, mm. and and from a slightly more superficial standpoint, there is that element where people will go to a game because they want to see these players play. Yeah, even if they're not necessarily at the height of their powers. Yeah, but I mean, do you know anyone who's gone to watch Johan Kabay at Al Nasser? I mean, I don't think he's there anymore, is he? No, he's not. <laughs> well, he is. He is. He's playing in their under twenty ones. They're there, training okay. there, training. But he's um, but you know, I I, I think you do again, but only once, maybe maybe yeah. twice. I don't think there's that, that, that. It's not sustainable. Now, again, you're up against huge other leagues who are paying massive amounts of money. Yes. You know, China, obviously, we said. India are paying, you know, fairly decent money. Mm. Um, but when you're up against some leagues playing huge amounts of money and, you know, not even going into Europe, then mm. it's very difficult. So that's where I think it needs to come back down to the grassroots community level yeah. to, to really bolster the, the system. And, and, and sort of bring in that element of local hero. Yeah, exactly. And that, yeah. and that's that really is, is what it should be all about. And and then you'll get your, um, you know, I know obviously Afdor Rahman's got a great sponsorship with... Um, with night, but mm. it, it would be so good to be able to show these big companies supporting local talent. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, that said, I mean, companies like Nike and Under Armour are getting behind the teams and, you know, you see a lot of sort of proper good quality kits as well, like proper, you know, top manufacturers getting involved yeah. in, the, in the game as well in the UAE level now. Yeah, you do. I mean, I see our Wassels kit uh, with New Balance. It's beautiful, absolutely yeah. beautiful, that, that kit. Um, so it's great that they're, they're supporting it. Now, I would like to see... Uh, uh, 
I don't know the commercial arrangement, so it's not right for me to say, but if mm. some of that money could pour into the system yeah. and, and do something that which was, um, I mean, going back to the youth there, a lot of the um, activations that are done, and, and they are activations, I don't really think have any longevity. There's no long-term mm. development plan behind these. They kind of, oh, yeah, can we get a marketer and in here and, and, and do this for a couple of weekends? Now, that's yeah. not really the answer, I think, for, for the, again, a sustainable model. Well, um, a lot of the young players here, they've got no option, obviously, then to go overseas. We had a, a young player called Andrea Borg, who's a Maltese national, um, and he was with us from 9 to 16, so his formative years. Yeah. Uh, he ended up going back to to England through um, our contacts, and he signed for a club called Peterborough United in Division yep. One. Um, he he signed as a scholar at sixteen, as a full time scholar, and then he signed as a professional at seventeen in his yeah. first year and played in the first team about five five six times. So great success story, mm. but. How good would that be if he was playing for a, a UAE national team? How can sure. you how can you keep him in in the country? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I, you know, like as I, as I go back to, I think there are steps being put in place. I'd like to hope that they 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 do happen this mm -hmm. time because I have heard in the past, you know, along these lines, nothing really materialises. So, but there's some some good people, like say at the, at the UAE FA now, and and mm -hmm. steps are being put in place. So let's let's hope. Well, it very much sounds like it, based on what you were saying earlier on about bringing in technical director from from the UK. Not from um, it, sorry, he's not from from the UK. He's he's coming in. Um, I was back home, who and uh, uh, someone in, in football had been offered the role. Um, okay, but I wouldn't like mm. to say where he's, I know what his nationality is <laughs> from, and they are very, very good in the youth system. So okay, um, yeah, yeah. So it's a good step yeah. in the right direction. Should we, should we just guess through the top countries for youth? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so okay, just for for the listener, then just to gain a bit of an understanding about the structure of the league, who who are the Dubai teams to watch out for this year? Who could you know Dubai residents go and support in in 2019? I mean, most people will know about Alain. Uh, you know, without doubt, the most successful team yep. in the competition's history, mm -hmm. uh, and you know Dean saw him down, down at the uh, the Club World Cup recently. But who should we be looking at in 2019 if you're if you're living in Dubai? Well, I think the the dark horse at the moment, aren't they? We're top of the league by quite a few points. So Sharjah, um, obviously not a Dubai team, but yeah. um, at the same time, uh, they've got some really good stuff going on with their youth system, so which is is really pleasing to see. Yeah. Obviously, they're up against the big clubs from Abu Dhabi and Alain mm -hmm. um, and and Dubai as well, yeah. um, who spend a lot of money on wages. But it's it's really good to see um, them do very well and and only knowing small bits that they do behind the scenes are doing a great job. So mm. um, okay, and, so and if you're in the northern part of Dubai. Yeah, get to get to watch them. Um, over, yeah. I think at the moment, who's I know Al Nasser is struggling this season. Mm. Um, Alain, uh, sorry, Al, Al Ali of fourth or um, Al Shabab, yeah. uh, Al Ali Dubai. I think a fourth. Um, but it, it's usually your heavyweights around Alain Jazeera are yeah. the, the big clubs. Okay. Yeah. But it's just the so, point, really. I think a, a lot of you know expats will be listening to this, and I miss going to watch Oldham. That's what that was my team mm -hmm. when I was a kid. It was like twenty quid for a season ticket. They did a tight with all the schools and stuff, and that was a good way of getting. I mean, I only lived about two two minutes away from the stadium, so if I couldn't be bothered going to that stadium, then there really was something wrong with me. But yeah. most <laughs> yeah, of the time, yeah. it was like getting into schools with kids and saying, "Old parents, really," and saying, "Hey, this is going on on weekends. There's yeah. a match. Come on down. Tickets are you know." 
small change, really. Come on down, 90 minutes of football. Yeah. Um, uh, and, you know, you create those memories from a young age, you know, going onto the stands of Boundary Park with a hot cup of Bovril and yeah. cheering on a bunch of men that I didn't really know, but that's the, <laughs> that's the part of it, isn't it? And yeah, that's yeah. That is exactly. Yeah. It. And I think that's the culture. And, and uh, you know, is a topic to get onto, really, is you've got to create that culture. Yeah. Because that's ingrained in us, you know, being English, is that that's been done for for you know going back to probably 1900 or whatever you go yeah. and watch the football and the bovril and, and all those p- things that you associate with the smells of the, the yeah. burgers and, and stuff like that now yeah. it, it isn't really that kind of culture here and, yeah. and for varying different reasons I think that the kickoff times um, have, have been not really well thought out in the past they started to get better okay. um, you, you're up against big leagues again so it makes the kickoff times a little bit different but there's some the logic behind some of the kickoff times are questionable um, the, the ease of going to watch the games, um, the the activations around the games, which are, are really important. That obviously you see in a lot of clubs um, in developed nations in terms of football perspective. Um, it, it's creating a culture of going to the game, not yeah. watching the game on TV, because yeah. unless it's a huge game, because there is that culture there. You know, don't get me wrong. Um, people love football here, but they love watching it on TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they don't. Oh, that's the convenience, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. and um, that's what leagues around the world have been terrified of for for years is is broadcasting everything and not giving fans a reason to go to the stadium. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so if we could, I mean, with with the weekends as they are, I think we've we've got an a, we, we've got an opportunity there to mm. have your games on a Friday, you know, so you can watch your your Premier League La Liga team on a, on a Saturday Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, but still go to UAE game on a Thursday but, night. But even Friday. then, yeah, the the time difference is beneficial for us over here anyway because yep. the, the you know most matches don't kick off until six seven o'clock in the evening anyway. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it gives you that opportunity. Yeah, it's just it's about creating awareness as well, with people that you can actually go out there and watch yep. live football here. You know, you don't have to sit be, sit on your sofa and watch. You know, wait for your Barcelona's or your United's or yeah. even your Newcastle United's. You know, you can you can get out in the city, not just in Dubai, but all the Emirates. Um, or watch some teams. You know, they they, they yeah. do play smart football. Um, yeah. It's getting better. They've got some young players coming through, hopefully. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's the kind of creating that mentality. Hopefully, as, as you say, I mentioned the culture about you. You know, being excited about watching football. Yeah. Uh, in the flesh. Yeah. Really. It's, that, it's that buzz, isn't it? That's yeah. going to the game. Um, when I was home back in England last week, I went to managed to go to six games, six games in ten days. Wow! And I, it's because I miss it so Good much. Effort. Yeah, yeah. I went, I went, I managed to watch. Um, Liverpool, Bayern Munich, in the, um, obviously in the Champions League. Then I went to Derby versus Millwall. Um, I watched the two England games against Norway and Brazil. Yeah. And then I went to watch Leicester versus Crystal Palace and Arsenal versus Southampton. So Blimey. different places. Yeah, 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 all around the country yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. So, but I, I loved it. It was, it, yeah. I mean, it was work, but yeah. it was yeah. a nice yeah. bit of work. <laughs> and, and the thing is, there are so many people in, in, in Dubai and in the UAE who are, you know, they are football mad. There are so many different... Um, nationalities of people who live here and you know historically these these cultures are, are nuts about football um, you know there is there is definitely a big market there for it yep. I suppose So and and there are opportunities to go and watch live football here every mm-hmm. single week there are three teams in Dubai alone yep. um, who you can catch Al Nazar Al Wasson Shabab Al Ali as we're yep. talking about uh, each got their own stadiums in Dubai so you can go and catch those um, the Al Maktoum Stadium is a nice one it, it, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah the um, I mean, the money that's been spent, obviously, with the Asian Cup. Um, yeah, it was it was you know really impressive at, down at Al Nasser watching. Mm. I watched the uh, Thailand uh, Bahrain game. Right. Um, and yeah, the stadium was fantastic. Mm. And obviously, going up to Al Ain, um, mm. I went to watch one. It wasn't in the Bin Hazza Stadium, but I've been to that once as well. And 
there's yeah, some in, in in over in Abu Dhabi as well. Obviously, yeah. went to watch the the semi final game. So there's some some really good stadiums, and yeah, um, yeah. the infrastructure is is decent. Um, the training facilities. There still needs to be more, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, but you've got the likes of Nadal Sheba and, and Jebel Ali Centre of Excellence, which yeah. are outstanding, um, world class. So yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. Stop going out for brunches on Fridays, save the energy and go and watch some local football. Go catch some football. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um playing football. Mm. Here. Yeah. 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 When we're not a kid and I'm not Patrice Evera and I'm not, you know, looking <laughs> enough to play for the How can you go about getting involved in football? Are you uh, five-a-side teams, they're quite popular. You know, there's loads of um, centres down in Alcouz and yep. uh, further down uh, in Old Dubai, there's a lot of, uh, I, I'm always, uh, actually, where was I the other day? can't remember, but I saw like a, a mob of about, uh, it was a 40-man versus 40-man team going on <laughs> in an old dusty sidetrack. I can't remember where. Where was I coming back from? Oh, somewhere in Old Dubai and I thought, well, that's all right. Not quite 11 aside yet. You, know, you could have spread out and played a, a few more different sized uh, teams against each other, but 40 versus 40. Yeah. But the point is that, 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 that there is football going on. People like to play football in mm-hmm. in this city. And what are, this, what are some of the ways that people can go about doing that? Yeah, I mean, you definitely, as you mentioned, there's a there's a big small-sided culture, um, five-a-side, seven-a-side. Yeah. I know Duplays run a lot of uh, social leagues. And then you've got the Dubai Expat um, League, which you know, when I first came out in 2004 was one league. Now I think there's five. Wow. Um, and you know, team from different different nationalities from all over the world. Um, it's there's some there's, it's a good level of uh, a good level of uh, of football to be fair because a lot of the lads in Division One have, have been ex professionals um, yeah. and some you know some big international players playing in there as well. And oh, I, yeah, I've heard you... about a sort of like a like an Avengers assembled super team of like <laughs> yeah. uh, Edgar Davids, Trevor yeah. Sinclair, Eric Abidal, Freddie Canute. Yeah, they've they've all played it out here. Yeah, there's been some um, been some fantastic players, and it's a kind of privilege when you when you play up. Like and Elka's another one who's who's played a bit for the French team and stuff. Yeah. You'd you'd feel a bit hard done by if you were running out on a Saturday morning. Yeah. You know, you got your kit on, but you're all wearing mismatched kit, and then you see a good Davids and Co line up ahead of you, just yeah. like, okay, right, should we just pack it in and go? Home? <laughs> you just yeah, get a signature, and then that'll be you, isn't it? But yeah, they, so they're all still playing there. Well, you know, obviously, I think Anelka's just gone back to the French league, hasn't yeah, he? yeah. Um, but they're uh... yeah, there's there's still some play. I know that um, the All Stars they have um, uh, Christian Villahuelasum, who um, obviously's got a, a huge amount of caps for Sweden. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they've got one of the uh, Romanian players who's played about fifty nine times play for for them. Um, and the the Irish are one of the top sides, and Dubai FC. I know. I think they're, they're top of the league. One of our coaches, he, he manages them, so he, he'll get annoyed with me if I don't tell him. <laughs> they were bottom, bottom last season, and he's, he's taking them to the taking top. Them to the oh, top. Well, and well, I don't well. think they've got any you know big star named players either. What's his name? Um, his name's Ben Smith. So ben I Smith, well, Ben Smith. He's done, done a great job. From, yeah, from 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 bottom to top. He's a bit like Leicester City. I, I think was about winning to say. the uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dreams can come true. Yeah. Always. So there are plenty of options. For, for residents who want to get involved in if they want to play yeah there is yeah. Where's, where's the where's the sort of the first port of call then do you reckon I would um, I actually I can't remember the, the website for the Dubai Amateur Football League but if you type that into right. Google you'll you, you'll get that and then uh, you do play another one and the um, the football well, it's, it's now called Just Play but there's one of the facilities which is now Cause and there's quite a few others dotted about the places okay. um, yeah. so, so any of them um, you won't go wrong really yeah and also there don't forget know. to check out check our website um, we're always doing sort of regular features on there as well about how to get involved in not only football, but uh, lots of different sort of sporting clubs in yes. and around the city as well. Um, for any listeners that are looking to 
mix up their fitness regime. I guess. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um, on that note, then I think we're all we're all done. We're all footballed out for for this issue. Um, Chris, thanks very much indeed for joining us. No problems. Absolutely um, pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, no pleasure. That's uh, Chris Brown from It's Just Football. So if you want to go and learn to be a coach or send your kids to learn the best, <laughs> yeah. then, uh, then that's where you got to go. Uh, cool. Okay, so you've been listening to The Big Listen. You can tune in on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, please, please do give us a little five star and a review just to let us know. Yes. Um, Tell your friends, share it. And it helps other people find it as well. Yes, it does. So, yes. yes. Um, and you can watch us on YouTube, um, youtube.com forward slash time out to buy. We'll be back again very soon with more talk, not about football next time, but about different issues that affect life in the Emirates. Uh, thanks, Dean Wilkins. You are welcome, Tim Skinner. Thank you very much indeed. We'll see you next time. <laughs> cheers. cheers. Thank, Thank you. you. Cheers. Make sure you subscribe to get every episode straight to your inbox. Thank you.